0: Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Fountain Church Podcast. Our prayer is that God speaks to you in a real and powerful way. So go ahead, grab your Bible, grab a notepad and your coffee, and let's dive in. We're going to embark on a brand new series that I'm excited about. It's only going to be about three weeks, but we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit about vision. Now, it's important to understand that a vision is critical. Would you guys agree? Vision is incredibly critical. Um, I grew up my whole life, people, were, people would tell me that 2020 vision is, is what the goal was. But I did some homework, and 2020 vision actually shouldn't be the goal. 2020 vision is actually average vision. I was always told it was the best. 2015 vision is better. 2010 vision is great. But... 25 vision is sharp as attack. And they, they said that uh, most humans uh, don't get to experience 25 vision. Normally, it's birds of prey. And so, so when you see an eagle or a hawk looking down at a tiny little rodent, they make that swoop, and you're like, how, how did you see that? 25 vision. And, and so, so I, want, I want to look at a passage of scripture with you, but before I do that, um, I just got back from diving with great white sharks in a cage. And so, so here's like a little picture of that, just a little snapshot. This is a selfie that I did. This is actually one of the smaller ones. But we had 10 gray white sharks around us for two days. It was absolutely incredible. I got some good stuff, like a shark came up, tried to bite the cage, it was, and I got all in the GoPro, like, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was so, so incredible. But, but I, I want to look at, at a passage today um, because th- this passage of Scripture is just going to help us w- work this out a little bit. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 and 26. We're going to be here for two weeks in this passage. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man, And heal him. Shout out to friends. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes. Come on, how many of you guys want to come up for prayer right after service? Spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked him, Can you see anything now? What a funny question after you just spit in my face. Can you see? Right? The man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They kind of look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, everybody say again, Again. and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him away saying, don't go back into the village on your way home. I want to speak to you around this idea of there's more than meets the eye. There is more than, anybody remember Transformers? More than meets the eye. (laughs) I am old school, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much, God, that as we dive into your word today, I pray that, God, you would speak to us. Lord, refresh us, revive us, help us to recapture vision in a fresh way. We want to see you clearly, Jesus. We need you. So awaken any complacency in our life. God, awaken any things that have been dormant that you've called to resurrect. And God, I pray that you'd raise dead things to life on the inside of us today. Help us to see you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, I I was uh, rereading Craig Groeschel's book, It. And in there, he tells a story about greyhounds. It's one of my favorite stories. And they, they race greyhounds in Florida. I guess this is like a regular deal. And what they do is they put this mechanical rabbit. You can see it's on a pole out in front of the greyhounds. And that's the target. And so so this little rabbit goes on a pole around the whole track, and the greyhounds just chase it. Well, on one particular occasion, the the rabbit exploded. And so, you know, fake fur is everywhere, and this has never happened. So the greyhounds were like disillusioned. They were like, What what do what do we do? And so one of them ran through the guardrails, broke like several ribs. Another one just stopped, looked at the crowd, and started barking. Where my where's my rabbit? And then the majority of them just stopped, disillusioned, looked around, and laid down. And stopped, stopped the race. Like, none of them continued around the track. And isn't it true for you and I, I know we are not greyhounds, but when we lose vision, we end up hurting ourselves because we make decisions that we probably shouldn't, we invest in things that maybe aren't bad things but are wasting our time. When we lose vision, we hurt ourselves. Many times when we lose vision, we yell and blame others. We yell at people and blame others. And a lot of times what ends up happening eventually is we just either lay down and quit or we just kind of settle in the pocket of, I guess this is life. This is just the way that it is. Now Proverbs, this very famous passage. So if you're in church, don't check out at this point. Just lean in. If you're, like if, if you've been to church your whole life and you know this passage inside and out, God may want you to see it in a fresh way today. So Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 says, Where there is no vision, no revelation of God in his word, this is the amplified version, the people are unrestrained, but happy and blessed is he who keeps the law of God. Now this word vision comes from the uh, Hebrew word kazon. Not cowzone, kazone. And, and it literally means it doesn't mean like a good goal. Like I just oh, I just need to get a good goal in my life. I need a goal. Right? Goals are great. If you have goals, keep them. If they're godly. But 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 vision that he's talking about here, Kazone, it literally means a revelation of God and from God, a prophetic unveiling of God's will could be through his word, maybe through a prophetic voice during a season like one of the prophets. Or It's really important that we have revelation of God and from God as we live our lives. Now, it says without it, people are unrestrained. Or in other words, when you break down this word in the Hebrew, it's, it's really interesting. It, it means to be empty or void, vacant or unoccupied. It's almost like there's supposed to be something there, but there's nothing there. And so what what ends up happening is we start letting go of areas that we shouldn't. Like, Like there's some things that God may want us to hold on to, but when there's no vision, we let go. We become unrestrained. We become discouraged. We let loose on things that maybe we should tighten up. We tighten up on things that God may say, I want you to let loose. There's no covering like, like there, there's no protection and security and confidence. And two, we become disillusioned. And when there's no revelation of God, can I just tell you what lies on the other side of that? Is confusion, frustration, disorder, rebellion. Come on, somebody. Uncontrolled aspects of our life. And we tend to make a lot of excuses in this space. Now, now, as we look through the Old Testament, it, it's really interesting because we, we see moments of this. Like, do you remember, um, do you remember uh, uh, Eli? During the time of Eli, there was no open vision in 1 Samuel chapter 3. So, so there, there, was, like, there, there was a lack of, of hearing from God. In Asa's days, when Israel had long been without a teaching priest, there was a longing, like, God, speak to us in 2 Chronicles. We look at King Ahaz, when he sought ungodly help, when he should have sought God and put Judah in a vulnerable place, they lost sight, they lost vision. Or or what about in in the book of Hosea when, when we see very clearly that people suffered as a result of a lack of knowledge, of hearing from God and understanding divine things. See, where there's no vision, people perish. But where there is vision, oh, there's clarity. There's clarity. It's so simple. But, it, but it's so true. When things aren't clear, it's a problem. Now, now the crazy part about this is most of you at this point, like, you agree with me. Like, yeah, it's important to have vision for your life. Yeah, we need to know God and know about him and know what he wants to do for our life. But doesn't it feel complicated sometimes? Because it's like, okay, well, what do I do? Do I go to a, like a corporate round table and cast vision for my life, my marriage, my job, my kids? Like, I mean, where? like this. There's a lot. But what if we just simplify just a couple things today? And what if I just asked you a, a couple of simple questions like, what if you believed everything that God says? It's good. What, what if you weren't afraid to believe God? Like you just took him at his word and at his promises. What, what would happen? What would vision, what would the future look like? If you said, God, what you say about relationships, I'm just going to buy in. What you say about how life is best lived, I'm going to trust you. And what you say about true joy, cool, let's do it. Like How would, the, how would your future look like? How would your planning shift? if you were just able to say okay to a few of those simple questions. So there's a lot we could talk about, but those are our foundational pieces, right? Like how would it be different? You know, we spend a lot of our time like this now. Huh? It's like like when we're still, it's like we gotta find something to do. Right? We're, we're constantly trying to master multitasking. There's, there's you know, all these different aspects on, on, on how to get more done. And productivity is like one of, the greatest, one of the greatest sellers right now is time management and productivity. Because people are so busy, but they don't feel productive. They're all over the place, but it's like, I'm, I'm, I just, I'm not getting anything done. You know, Harvard did a study. And they said that they, in the study that multitasking erodes our memory. And so I'm like, man, that's why we're all forgetting stuff. Because we're trying to multitask like crazy in our schedules, our lives. Every, there, there's no restraint. And so there's, there's just all these things, and we're wondering, like, I'm stuck. I'm frustrated. Where do I go from here? I don't know. And I don't know if you have ever felt that, but I have felt that way. And in the book of Acts, I remember the disciples. There was a moment where the, the, the widows were, were being neglected of the food, the, of food distribution. And so the disciples could have easily went, hey, come on, guys, let's work harder. we got to pick it up. we got to step up the pace. But that's not what they did. They were like, hey, well, what has God called us to? Well, as shepherds, we got to be devoted to prayer and the ministry and teaching of God's word. Okay. So we're not going to be able to do all this. So why don't we empower seven people full of the Holy Spirit to take that? what's happening in that moment is just clarity. Like, I just know God, my assignment. I know what you're expecting of me. I know what you want from me. Like, I, I just know what I'm called to. Do you know how refreshing that is? And Do you know what happened as a result of that? It says the church grew. The church grew. And I was thinking, I'm like, man, I think in every area of our life where there's frustration, it's because there's no growth. It's like we, we want Things to grow. We want to grow in our relationship with Jesus. We want our relationships to grow more healthy and in love with one another. And our marriages thrive. And, we just, and when there's no growth, it's, it's, it's frustrating. But see, vision will bring so much clarity, but it also brings endurance. Because it's one thing to have clarity. It's another thing to go the distance. And when you have clarity, it's easier to go the distance. Like, ladies, Birth. I mean, we have three kids, and I was in there for all three, all three of them. And it's the most beautiful, but let's just keep it real. It is a, it is a painful moment. Wow. Yeah. Jackie, with Olivia on our first, our first she went to, through the transitional phase where you start to get nauseous, and she threw up on my brand-new white shoes. It was like, <laughs> we got lines here, girl. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, but, but I, remember, I remember right after Olivia, I'm traumatized. So I'm like, what just happened? And Jackie looks at me. Literally, we're, in, we're, we're, we're like an hour out of this thing. And she's like, babe, I want another one. I was like, babe, you just, and, and true story. I'm not trying to use this as an example, just like pump you up. Like, I was really blown away. Like, are you serious? Like, you just went through that and you're ready for another one? You need some sleep. Like relax. <laughs> you need to relax. But I, I heard recently a friend of mine preaching, and he, he, did, he did some research on the woman that has, or the, like the longest pregnancy, and it was 375 days. Could you imagine that? The average average, like time being pregnant is 280 days. This was 375. 1945, Time magazine was like, "Whoa! And so you can just imagine for a moment, like that kid is speaking Spanish when he's coming out. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, that is a long time. But, but, but here's the deal. Jackie was like, I'm good. Let's do it again because she knows on the other side of pain, if this is what I get, then man, let's do it all over again. The Bible says that it was for the joy that was set before Jesus that he endured the cross. So there was clarity. There was was a picture that was out there. And so so not only will vision bring clarity and not only will it bring endurance, but it also brings fulfillment. Fulfillment. Like, Like there's nothing like being in the sweet spot when you're walking with God intimately and you're walking in God's will for your life. You're hearing from him. We uh, somebody asked the question at our small group this last week. They said, "What what makes you happy?" It's a great question. And when it got to me, I was like, "Man, what really makes me happy is when I know I'm hearing from God, and I'm walking in that. Because yeah. there is there is such a, a confidence, an excitement, a fulfillment." And I'm not saying that because I'm a pastor and that's supposed to be my answer. No, I just experience when I'm not hearing from God and I'm not walking with him and I'm kind of doing my own thing. It's just it it always ends up coming back to I need to be with you and I need to hear from you. And so Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it it says that for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So our life was never meant to be lived by default. Our life was meant to be lived by design. And so God has placed, and you guys know this, um, if you're online, you should know this, Uh, or or maybe this is your first time in church, you're like, I have no clue. We're so glad that you're here and you're going to learn something today, is that God has given you gifts and talents and purpose. Now, when I say that, some of you guys think you know where I'm going with this message, but I'm not going there. Um, so, so you, 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 God has given you talents, purpose, but, but it's, it's, your life is no accident. It's, there's a design. God says, I, I've, I, you're my workmanship, and I've prepared some things for you to walk in. Yeah. And when you're walking in them, can I just tell you, there's a peace, there's a fulfillment, and there's an excitement. It doesn't mean comfort. Yeah. It doesn't mean easy. Yeah. But it means like, yes, it's worth it. I see on the other side of this, if I'm going through a difficult time, I see on the other side of it, if I'm going through a good time, I'm rejoicing and I'm thanking God because I know it's a gift from him, but God's, you know, doing something to me in the good times, doing something in the difficult times, but nevertheless, he's working in me. He's doing something on the inside of us. There's a, 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 a plan and a design that God has for our lives. Ephesians chapter one in the message version says it this way, it is in Christ. Can I just like stop there? It is in Christ. I feel like Francis Chan for a moment, like, it is in Christ. Um, It is in Christ. That was like a spontaneous thing, sorry. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. I mean, just look at that. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. See, the beautiful thing about my job is that I know that the only way that you are going to actually live the life that God has called you to live is when you are living in Christ. And that's what we get to do. That's what we get to like like, we have the privilege of saying, hey, um, we're just here to facilitate the great exchange. We're not here to make dependents. We're here to make disciples. And we're here to point you to the beauty and the reality of Jesus because in him, oh, my goodness, apart from him, oh, my goodness. And so, so where there is no vision, there is no vision. It's, it's hard to see. So, so maybe today some of you have lost vision. For an area of your life, maybe a relationship, it could be with God, it could be with somebody else. Maybe, maybe you're in a place where you need to rediscover a threat. Like, God, what are you saying? Like, like I, I know you, I know a lot about your word, but I really haven't heard from you in a while. W- what if this, what if you had a vision and recently the whole game changed? And now you're like, uh, I was talking with the gentleman after, after service and he just lost his wife. He's like, man, we had a vision together. And now I'm, you know, it's like, okay, Lord, now what? And so, so, so can I just tell you, as, as we're looking at rediscovering, recapturing, or, or, or making sure that maybe even in this season, man, you feel like you're, you're walking in what God has called you to, can, can I just encourage you that there's probably more, there's a greater level of intimacy with God, there's, there's, there's more things that he might want to, to show you and reveal to you. So, so just like somebody who's freshly in love and is like, oh my goodness, just stay on the phone with me forever, forever, no, you hang up, no, you hang up. Like sometimes, I, I, why do we do that? Because there's still such a mystery that we're longing to know. And so many of us today listen, we get it, we, we walk with Jesus for a while, then it's like, oh, okay, Lord, yeah, 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 for sure. Because he's just familiar. Can I just tell you, there's so much more to him. There's so much more than what you know, than what you've experienced. The Apostle Paul was like, that I might know him. Really? Like, I think you're, you know him pretty good. Paul's like, there's more. The fellowship of his suffering. The power of his resurrection. And so I really think that this blind man is going to help us to see that when it comes to recapturing vision, when it comes to a 25 vision, that he can help us on the journey. So this is the setting. It's the modern day Bethsaida. There's a lot of pagan worship here, worshiped Baals or the Baal. Um, there was, I think even to this day, you can see that there is a high place erected to Baal. So you go up like three little steps and there's like the, the, the horns and the little entity carved into the stone. But Bethsaida is, is, it's interesting because this is the only miracle that Jesus did where he had to touch the person twice. All the other miracles, it was in a moment. It was a word that was spoken. It was, you know, uh, I mean, Jesus sent his word and the servant was healed at that very hour. It was just these, these moments of, uh, of people being fully healed. But, all, but with this guy, it wasn't just one touch. And we know that Jesus wasn't struggling like, you good? It didn't work. <laughs> Jesus wasn't struggling. And, and so, so I, I say that to say is, is I would propose to you that this just, this just isn't a miracle but a parable. Jesus is trying to help us to see something. In the context, if you look at chapter 7 of Mark through chapter 9, Jesus is trying to help his disciples understand who he is. Yeah. He just got done feeding 4,000. He has this encounter with the blind man. And then Jesus goes on to ask the question, who do people say that I am and who do you say that I am? Because like this blind man, you're not seen totally clearly. And it's very important that you see me clearly, that you know who I am. Why? If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. Is because when you can see Jesus clearly, you will see everything else differently. Like like that's not just clever wordplay. Like let that sink in. When you see Jesus clearly, everything changes. And you're either going to do one of two things. You're going to reject him or you're going to bow your knee and surrender. There's no middle ground with Jesus. You never see that in the scripture. It's either like, word, hear you. We probably know you're true, but I'm walking away because I don't want you to be Lord of my life. We see the miracles. We see everything. We see all the stuff of what you're preaching, but no, I just want to do my own thing. And then you see others are like, man, I see you. Oh, my goodness. Everything changes. When you see Jesus clearly, you see your priorities differently. So, so many times I hear people when they come to Jesus, all of a sudden, all their priorities are like, man, what's important, like, it, it changes. You see your family differently. You, you see eternity in a whole new light. You see death differently. I mean, th- think about that for a moment. Like, like your, your, your comprehension of death shifts dramatically. You see people differently. All of a sudden, they're not as annoying. They're more like, man, you need Jesus. Just like I need Jesus. Can I just say, you see dating a whole lot differently? Come on, say like like purity a whole lot differently? Yes. Because, because everything is changing. You're going to see your spouse totally differently. Can I just tell you, the game changes in any relationship when you're first seen through Jesus to the other person. It changes everything. The way you see sin changes. The way you understand his grace changes. See, when you're not seeing Jesus clearly, it's like, oh, man, praise God, he'll just forgive me. You're not seeing clearly. Because if you see his grace clearly, you're not going to want to sin. Because you're going to be blown away by like, oh, my goodness, all that you did for me, all that you paid for me when I didn't deserve it. Grace moves you away from sin, not toward it. Are you with me on that? And so, so I, I think about that old hymn that, 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 that says, uh, uh, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look into his wonderful face. And the things of this earth grow strangely dim in light of his glory and grace. Things that were once magnified, all of a sudden they get a little dim. Like, I, I don't. I'm not really, I don't need it. It's not attractive anymore. And so, so, so bear with me. It says, when they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought the blind man to Jesus and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. So, so the first element when we're looking at what is it like to recapture, rediscover, reignite vision? What, what does that look like? If you're taking notes, you can jot this down. Is this, is that we need faith and patience. You're like, yay. <laughs> like for some of you, you're like, that's elementary. But others of you are like, yeah, I know. But, but the question is this. Man, are we really living out a life of faith and patience as we walk with Jesus? Because many times when we're, when we're lacking vision, like this guy's friends and the blind man, we want a touch, yeah. but we don't want a teaching. Come on. Like, like we want a moment, we don't want a process. Like, come on, just do what you did with everybody else. You ever been in church and you just see somebody like crying? And you're like, do that in me right now, God, please. What do they got? And so a lot of times we, we want to touch, but we don't want to teach. We, we, we want a Damascus road. Like the Apostle Paul, remember, going to kill Christians, has an encounter with Jesus, drops to his knees, the glory of the Lord shines around, and, and they, he starts communicating, who are you? And Jesus said, it's me who you're persecuting. Uh, that's a moment. Paul's life is forever changed. But Peter was a little bit different. Poor Peter was always a process. Like, like, it, it was like I'm trying to figure out who Jesus is, who is this guy, wants us to follow him. Um, just got done fishing all night, didn't catch anything. He wants me to sit and listen. He wants to use my boat. <laughs> Gets into Peter's boat, says, Hey, Peter, um, can I use your boat? Yeah, sure, go ahead. Hey, Peter, why, why don't you go cast your nets out in the deep? Peter's like, Oh, because normally you cast them in the shallow at night, not in the deep in the day. That's why. Well, why don't you go out? And throw your nets on the other side, like Lord, I've been fishing all night for real. Process. And it says, be, he says, Peter says, Lord, because you say so, I'll, I'll go. So he goes out, throws the nets over. Many of you guys know the story. If you don't, the, the boat gets loaded with fish, and they gotta call for another boat because there's so much fish. And then and then Peter's like, I'm gonna leave everything and follow you. Totally different encounter. One was a moment, another was a process. And so God does move instantly, and, and, and many times God does that in our lives. Like sometimes, I think with me, I always think it's going to be a process. So sometimes God shows me like, whoa, like I just prayed about that, and bam, I was not expecting that. There, there you go. My, my faith is maybe not as great as yours. But, but there's moments where God works suddenly. When I, when I first rededicated and surrendered my life to Jesus, my mouth cleared up instantly. And I had a foul mouth, a foul mouth. And instantly, it just cleared up. But other things in my life, it didn't. It was a process. And, and so, so, so what I'm saying, this is, there's going to be moments of touches, then there's going to be moments of teaching, moments where Jesus says, let me take you by the hand, and let me walk with you. And, and so, so Hebrews uh, says it like this. The writer of Hebrews says, we do not want you to become lazy. I think sometimes we want the instant in our culture just because we're lazy. Like, like if, come on, let, let's be honest. This has impacted all of us. We do not like to wait. And, and if you're this, you know, um, unless you have fruit of the spirit all the time, just bearing lots of fruit, patience, man, sometimes it's, it's a process of God cultivating that fruit inside of our hearts and our lives. But, but the writer of Hebrews says, I don't want you to become lazy, but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised. The, the hard part is, is it's really hard to believe and it's even harder to wait in the process. It's, it's hard to wait when you, it's, it's harder to wait when you don't believe. Yeah. But even when you believe, sometimes it can be a, a challenge to wait. But if you're full of faith, the waiting is a little bit easier. So these things work together, faith and patience. So we, uh, we landed in, um, in San Diego. I landed in San Diego on Monday. So mind you, Uh, Two friends of mine, Doug and Vince, they paid for this shark diving trip for me two years ago on my 40th birthday. We were supposed to go last year, and uh, last year was, you know, COVID and all that good stuff. Well, not good stuff, but, you know. Um, (laughs) And then uh, then this year, so we get there. we're, We're excited. We're two years. I'm 42 now, right? So two years later, it's time. Been through the training, ready to go. Get to San Diego. And we're waiting for the shuttle to pick us up to take us into Ensenada. And, and I'm, 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 we're, we're waiting, and all of a sudden we get this call. Like, hey, Doug, Matt. So there's two cyclone bombs hitting the ocean right now. I'm like, what is a cyclone bomb? So, so you know the storm that was here, that kind of blew through here, lots of rain, lots of wind. So that's like two times out to sea where we're traveling. And so they're like, you could do one of two things. You can opt out and reschedule for 2023. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be 45 <laughs> like by the time I get my 40th birthday present. So I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm like, do you want to do that? I was like, well, no, I don't want to do that. But we're like, it's a cyclone bomb. Like Jackie is not going to let me like, hey, babe, there's a cyclone bomb. I'm going out to sea. And so, so we, we were getting ready to book our flights back. Just like, all right, well, it is what it is. And. And so then, then I stopped, and I'm like, man, what if we just went? What if we just tried it? Because they said the, the worst that happens, we, we sail out Thursday. Well, it's Monday, so that gives us one day of diving. It's 18 hours into the middle of the ocean one way and 18 hours back. We dive one day. We're like, is that going to be worth it? I mean, it's a lot of money. and yada, yada, yada. we like, I got to wait until 2023. So we're sitting there. True story. Where I'm like in the hotel lobby, sitting on a piano like, what do you want to do? You want to just ride? He's like, yeah, I kind of do. And I'm like, man, let's – so he's like, are you sure? I'm like, no, I'm not sure. He's like, i got to cancel everything. I just told, like, my realtor, I'm coming back. And I'm like, no, 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 uh, uh, All right, let's do it. So, so we, end up, we end up saying yes, and, and so it was – now it's faith and patience. We sleep on the boat. We go there. And, and the hard part is when, like, outside, it looked, everything looked perfect. Like, the sun's out in Ensenada – Water's chill. Just like, man, what is wrong? Like, let's go. But the captain was like, out to sea. I don't want to be out there. A cruise ship came in because it was too rough. A cruise ship. We're on a 150-foot boat, ladies and gentlemen. A cruise ship came in because it was too rough. So, so, so we sit there, and we're just waiting, and we're waiting. Um, 17, I think 17 people said we're not going to go on the trip, so there's only 15 of us that were just ride or die, like, let's go. right? And so, so Tuesday night, the captain comes in. He says, all right, guys. He said, um, Man, we're going to set sail tomorrow morning, Wednesday. So that means we only lose two dive days, and two instead of three. So we're like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, but it's going to be 14 to 16-foot swells. We're like, what does that mean? <laughs> right? So it, this is what it means. 18 hours like this. Boom, boom. Shout out to the patch. It worked. It worked the whole time. So we watched Jaws. We're on our way out there. And, and it's, it's, it's crazy because all of that, I say all that to say, it was one of the best trips of my life. They upgraded us to suites. We had our own room. We got to dive constantly because 17 people were like, we don't, we're not going to come. So we had way more space on the boat. I mean, it was Amazing! We got to the, to the place, 18 hours out to sea. The weather's beautiful. The water's crystal clear. We have like 100, 150-foot visibility. There's great white sharks everywhere. Like, I'm so glad we said yes. I am so glad. Even the guy on the boat was one of the, one of the um, like a videographer guy. He's like, dude, last week it was packed, and you had to wait in long lines to die. He's like, this has been amazing. I'm like, I know. So glad we said yes. But I, I say all, all of that to say is that, that Hebrews 11.1 one says now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the, the conviction or the certainty of things not seen. So, so I'm on this trip and, and my buddy starts telling me about a restaurant they ate at in Vegas called Blackout. And so Blackout, you eat in the dark. So I'm like, well, how was that? I was like, can you see anything? You can't see anything. Your your server has night vision on. And I'm like, well, did they feed you weird stuff? I'm like, do you know the menu? Nope, don't know the menu. They just bring you out like a course meal, right? He's like, I I said, well, how how was it? Was it weird? What what kind of food? He's like, it was incredible. I'm like, so you trust these people? And you don't even know what you're going to eat. He's like, that's part of the experience. I was like, he's like, yeah. And he says, I know they want us to come back. They don't want us to have a bad experience. And so... Literally, he said, I mean, we're, so you're, you like, can't see the person across from, he's like, we can't see anything, and we're eating, laughing, having a blast, and man, as, as he's telling me that the Holy Spirit is just, speaks so clearly to me that, I think, listen, even though as followers of Jesus, we're called to live in the light, we need to learn how to eat in the dark. And I, I, the, the Lord took me back to, 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 to King David where he says, listen, even though darkness surrounds me, the Lord prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, that, that he anoints my head with oil, that my cup, it overflows. So I started to think, even though, listen, ladies and gentlemen, when we're blind when we can't see and we're trying to, you know, work out this faith and patience, but can we can eat in the midst of the darkness, we can feed on his peace, on his favor, on his faith, on his provision, on his goodness. On his, We can sit at the table in the presence of our enemies and eat. But we don't know how to eat in the dark. So many times we just don't know how to eat in the dark. Because it's like, I want to see it. And the Lord's like, man, you're going to have to trust it. I want it to be a moment. God says, you're going to have to trust the process. And can I just tell you, I know it preaches way easier than it is lived, especially if you're in the dark right now. But can I just encourage you today, if you are in the dark, let this resonate with your soul that you can still eat, that your cup can still overflow, that God has not abandoned you, God has not left you. God, listen, God is walking with you. And it can be amazing even in the dark. So continues, and, it's, and, and uh, this word see Where it says, I want you to be confident or being certain of what we do not see. This word see, in Hebrews, it's the word blepo. I've given you this before, but I thought it was fitting. It says, to properly see, to be observant, to be watchful. To see something physical with spiritual results or perception. That is, it carries what is seen into the non-physical, immaterial realm. So that a person can take the needed action. I want you to, to, faith is the, the assurance of what we hope for. It's the conviction and the certainty of what we do not see. And it's, it's, it's saying, what, what is the writer of Hebrews saying? Is saying, listen, we, we need to see things with spiritual eyes. And this dramatically impacts our faith and our patience. Are you tracking with me? We need this if we're going to see clearly. So Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Now, now, th- this is really important because Jesus rebuked this Bethsaida in Matthew chapter 11 and Luke chapter 10. He rebuked them for their unbelief. He said, man, if Sodom and Gomorrah saw the miracles you saw, they would have repented. And so he leads them out of the village into a desolate place. Now, now, if you're, a, if you're this blind man, this is not okay. Like, you really don't know who he is. And he doesn't give him a touch. He takes him on a journey. He takes him by the hand and he leads him out. He leads him out. I've taken notes. I want you to jot this down. Let Jesus lead you out of the familiar. If we are going to have clear 25 vision, you're going to have to let Jesus lead you out of the familiar. One person said it like this. If Jesus Christ is going to give you his highest gifts and reveal to you his most extravagant beauty, you must be alone with him. Like, we got to learn how to, and some of us, listen, this, 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 this picture is not just a miracle, but a parable. So it, all of us can't just go off to the desert. But you can be surrounded by people and still be alone with him. And the whole point is, will you let him lead you out of what's familiar? Because for a blind person, everything is about familiarity. Like I need to, like, whew. I did a little research. If you're blind, a lot of stuff is by memory and familiarity. And Jesus is leading him out of that environment. And so, so I, I get this picture of, of because Bethsaida was a place of unbelief, many times if we're going to see Jesus clearly and have the vision that God has called us to, we have to let him lead us outside of those environments of unbelief, quiet the voices around us, quiet sometimes the familiarity so that we can hear from heaven. So that we can get outside of the place of the chaos and really hear from heaven. Are you guys with me on this? And so, so this blind man, you know, he was like, whoa, you want to take me to the desert? That sounds like Las Vegas stuff, right? You're going to take me out into this, this place. He wanted to touch. But Jesus said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a teaching. And I'm going to use your life to communicate to so many other people. Because here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen. God may want to give you vision in a way you can't see. In a way that you can't see, the difficulty is you got to let them lead you. you got to let them lead you. you got to be okay with the teaching over a touch sometimes. you got to be okay with the process. Because like the greyhounds, many times we can't see. We just want to either lay down and quit because nothing is familiar. Yeah. You, you know, recently uh, uh, we invested a little bit of money into cryptocurrency, right? Um, even when I say that for some of you, you're like, oh, no. Because it's it's uh, there's a, everybody or majority of people that I talk to don't understand crypto. It's so like different investment people that I talk to. Nobody is like, yeah, you should invest in crypto because it's, it's it's you know it's it's risky. But, but, but recently, we just invested a small amount, and, and I didn't fully understand it all, but I did see somebody else's life, and I was like, huh, if it's working for you, like, can you just show me what you're doing? And, uh, and so by the grace of God, uh, he's like, yeah, I'll show you what I'm doing. And, and, and I'm not, this is not a crypto, you should invest in crypto today, <laughs> and that's not what this talk is about. But, but man, I, I'm so glad we prayed about it, and we're like, no, we feel like we need to do something. It wasn't a ton of money, and we know that if we, we could lose it. But there were so many voices around saying, no, it's like crypto is not good. And, and it's turned out to be the opposite for us. Now, it may be that for somebody else, but it's turned out to be amazing. But I, it, it's been a process of learning and understanding and growing in it. And, and so, so what, what am I saying? I'm saying that, that sometimes the things that aren't familiar can lead to the best reward. If we're hearing from Jesus and the Lord is leading us, and it may contradict popular belief. I mean, most of the people were like, Lord, I wanna touch. I wonder what they thought after he spit in his eyes. It's like, oh man, this is not what we anticipated. I mean, look at this. Then, spitting in the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? That is very unfamiliar. For, G, for, for this blind man and the people watching, like, he just spit in his face. The blind man's like, you just spit in my face, dude. And he didn't even see it coming, right? He's <laughs> like, you spit in my face. And so what would normally make your vision cloudy, because somebody spits in your face, it's not going to, like, oh, yeah, clarity. All of a sudden, his vision starts to clear up. Sometimes God's process, it's counterintuitive. Sometimes God leads us to a place of desolation so that our hearts can be fostered in desperation so we can clearly see him, hear his voice. And so I'm I'm, I'm afraid for some of us that failure to be alone with Jesus and let him lead you out, you may miss the miracle in the process. And again, I know it preaches way easier than it's lived, but this is what I will tell you that God is able to do exceedingly beyond immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine according to look at this his power that is at work God is at work in our lives as followers of Jesus and even if you're not a follower of Jesus he's at work right now pursuing your heart but at work means that there's a there's a there's a process happening some of that process is going to be moments but some it's going to be a touch others it's going to be a teaching and you're like, well, what does it mean for me? Well, One you know, of the beauty of my job is I don't know. So, would you bow your heads and we're going to ask the Holy Spirit? Bow your heads with me right now where you're at. Just ask the Lord Lord, what do I need to walk away with today from this message? What are you leading me out of? Where am I not seeing clearly? Where am I stuck in familiar places when you want to lead me elsewhere? You just ask the Lord. And if you're not hearing anything, that's cool. Just ask him later. Because I know God wants you to get something from this message. Some of you guys, God is speaking to you right now. Like those things are popping up in your head. And this is an opportunity where you get to let him lead you. Lord I thank you so much God that you speak to us let me just say if you're hearing something that is demonic that is not the Holy Spirit but there's some areas where God's like man I want to heal you I want to restore you I want to refresh you I want to help you see again I want to help you live again you to have to let me take you by the hand and lead you out. So, Lord, seal this time in our hearts, Lord. Seal this time. And Listen, if you have given your, or if you have just really sensed right now that you need to rededicate your life to the Lord or you need to surrender maybe to Jesus for the first time and invite him into your life and receive the free gift of salvation, online you can let us know in the chat or you can call the number or our prayer team is going to be up here. I'm not going to pray with you on this one. I'm going to, I'm going to encourage you to step out of your seat. And come and tell somebody, I say, man, I need to surrender my life to Jesus today. I need to rededicate my life. Or maybe you need, you just need fresh vision. Let us pray with you. Let us encourage you. And our prayer team is going to be up here right after. So when everybody else is going out the door and you're like, man, I could really use some prayer. Or maybe you know somebody that could use some prayer. Why don't you stand in the gap for them today and, and let's pray and contend together. Lord, seal this in our hearts. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen. Would you stand to your feet? Thanks again for joining us here at Fountain Church. For more details on how to get connected, visit us at fountainchurch.cc. We're also on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll see you next time.